Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can they hear me? This is our food channel. Mm, welcome. We're winging breakfast what, burritos. I wonder if Mike would be open to an a- ASMR channel. <laughs> just just <go> in. <laughs> he probably, man, he would hate that so much after yeah. a while. <laughs> <laughs> candy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, people yeah. that own the candy shop. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, my God. Hmm. Uh, What's nice. that thing where you, you have a phobia? Or is it a phobia where you... You can't, it bothers, like, it's like nails on a chalkboard to hear people chew. Like, it doesn't matter if you can. I don't know if that's phobia. I think that's just like, like a uh, condition? please, please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I get so self-conscious whenever I'm like eating something crunchy. Yeah. And I'm in a quiet place. I hate it. I eat, I eat terribly. I eat like a caveman. So it's like, I always feel awkward. We're out at a restaurant. <laughs> Mom is like a oh, cookie my. monster where there's <laughs> yeah. just food flying off the sides of his face. Yeah. Since we're on this topic, here we go. Smart Hulk. Does he use regular utensils or does he bring his own? Because you know he can't fit them in his hands. When because he was at a restaurant, huh? Um, would they give him like a little regular glass? Mm. I feel like he'd bring his own, like a thermos. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Know. I feel. I feel like he'd still want to hold the decorum of uh, society. Like, look, these are utensils. I'm not going to break them. Like, he's holding them ever so daintily. I'm not special. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this, guys. That's terrible. He just has to be careful and not, like, break everything. So, I got a question. So, why did Bruce Bain and uh, She-Hulk going to be coming out soon? So, uh, why did uh, She-Hulk have a different transformation than Bruce Banner? Because she's bigger, but she's not, like... Gigantic. Monstrous. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think it has to do with the way they were infected with gamma radiation. Like he took a full on brunt blast from a bomb, mm-hmm. like completely irradiated. And hers was a blood and hers was a blood transfusion. Like if you yeah. look at Samuel Stearns, who is the leader and the abomination, like even their transformations are tied into how they were infected. 
Doc with, Samson. Yeah, Doc Samson. Like, didn't Doc Samson get bathed in yeah, gamma, gamma like, light or something? Gamma light, like. So, um, transformed him. So, I guess, to answer your question, based on how you're exposed to gamma radiation is going to affect your Hulk mutation. Cool. I yeah. learned something new. Look at that. I wonder if they're going to address that in the in the show. I wonder how they're going to do it. Probably the way they did it in the comics. Oh, no, my cousin's hurt. Yeah. She needs a blood transfusion. Here we go. Do you think we're going to see the leader pop back up? The actor? The guy who played him in the movies? That would be nice. Yeah. But I think that guy, oh, man, what is it, like 10 years now, 20 yeah. years almost? Yeah. But they brought back Tim Roth. And even was a small little bit. Yeah. It would be pretty cool. It would be cool. I would like to see, because... That was a plot thread that that uh, kind of just dangles. Yeah. They didn't they didn't do anything with it. No. It was teased that he would become the leader or something. So, and it's the leader, man. It's like that's cool. Leader, smart, super smart. Well, I mean, I like how they did like with the little. Uh, the do you want to kick us off into the show, or are we going to keep talking? Oh about my goodness, <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> All right, y'all. Welcome to the Long Box Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics. And Rogue Media. And Rogue Media Network. Your bi-weekly info dump of all comics news for Dark Side. Oh, nice. yeah. Were you mm. planning that one since last week? Do you have these like ready no, to go No, man, now? I just think about them during the week. I, I talk to myself a lot when I'm by myself. Just kind of make little voices and little... I remember you had mentioned that uh, whenever you're drawing... Yeah, you start do little voices and stuff. Yeah. yeah. How does Kate feel about that? Dude, she's always thinking I'm talking. She's like, what'd you say? She's like, God damn it, he's on, you know, and I'll be listening to music, drawing or something. <laughs> Danny, do you do that? Uh, dialogue out my scenes and everything? Like, mm. like become the characters in the books? I think when I'm reading it, to get a better sense of how the panels should flow, I do that. I take on the characteristics of what I'm reading so that I can, you know, kind of plan the action. What I do, my Twitch, I don't, so I don't, um, I don't vo vocalize the characters. But I act it out, if that makes sense. Okay. So, like, if there's an action sequence and I'm trying to wrap my mind around how to put this down on pencil, like, how is this punch going to be thrown? I'll sit there and kind of just, like, like move before I start drawing. Like, uh, 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 you know, trying to, like, figure out, is it overhanded, underhanded? Is it an uppercut? Is it a roundhouse? Is it a kick? Is it... Now I don't jump or anything like that, so I'm not. If, it, if it's like a drop kick, I'm, you're not going to see me jump up. And <laughs> I think we need clarification from Christina. <laughs> he might have put like a whole Batman onesie. He has a process like Batman onesie. And it's like okay. I know I sound pretty stupid. I know I'm like over there like making all the noises and sound yeah. effects and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm trying to write. Um, no man, uh, what'd you guys have for news this upcoming oh, week? Shit, or this last pull, week, pull my stuff up. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was the guy, man, he, uh, some of the actor that plays Chris Frieza Ayers. in Dragon Ball Z passed right. away. That was pretty. Chris Ayers was the, uh, the voice. Mean, he was the voice actor for Dragon Ball Z Kai, uh, voice of Frieza. Um, oh. he was, he was really cool. And he did uh, some of the movies too. Um, he, uh, was active in the con scene, but he's been sick for a while. But even whenever he was sick, he was still pretty active with the fan base. What do you have? Um, I don't. I'm not trying. I, to. I I don't know the specifics. I can look it up real quick. Because you always hear stuff like that, like uh, an artist or a voice actor, someone passes away. If he's only fifty six. Yeah, 
like uh like John Paul Leon died of cancer recently. Um like back in the day, Michael Ringo, the same thing. You know, yeah. you hear about this stuff and you just kinda wonder. Yeah. Uh we had a couple of artists die from COVID yeah. over the last few years. The last year. Yeah. Yeah, man. It says here, um, Chris Ayers passed away. Uh, the cause of death isn't known, but in 2017, he was diagnosed with an end-stage cardiac obstructive pulmonary disease. Oh, and, probably yeah. like some heart issue. Oof. Yeah. Man, that sucks. It's crazy to think that these people struggle with this for a while and they keep doing work. Like, Yeah, well, what's, what's cool about it, I don't want to say it's cool, is the... The fact of the state of things uh, in, that we are right now in the country, yeah. or, or this the world, um, he took to his fan base and made a GoFundMe and made a uh, in lieu of helping pay for a double lung transplant. So, people that grew up, you know, I mean, granted, Dragon Ball Z Kai came out a few years after the uh, the normal one, uh, the regular one, the first yeah. one rather. Um, you know, there's people that grew up listening to him as Frieza, you know, grew up yeah. with him as a villain on yeah. show. And then all, all of a sudden like, that person's like, Hey, I need help. You yeah. know? Um, and then, uh, it made me wonder, cause I know comics, they have the heroes initiative Yeah, where, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but, um, the heroes initiative is, uh, it's like a, a little insurance kind of thing almost, uh, for, for comic book creators and writers and artists and mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, if they ever come on like some health issues, it's like or, a lifeline almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I wonder if they have something like that for voice actors and things like that. I'm sure they do, and it, and because it, it, I think it just starts off as a collective. Like I think it just might be through like their union or something. Oh actors, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Actors have unions. I'm sure. Yeah. True. True. Man, that's really unfortunate. And then uh, speaking of of late, uh, my last news of late creators, John Paulion's The Winterman Artists Edition. Mm -hmm. Was fully funded, so that'll be out soon. I didn't even know what this place, what this, what was it funded on? A different mm -hmm. kind of thing, mm -hmm. Zoop or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. know what that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty dope. So, Danny's mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. huh? shout out Lolitas. I've got a mouthful of breakfast taco. Yeah, shout out Lolitas. I needed to finish that statement. I've got a mouthful. Oh, leave it dangling. Nope. As, as, nope. You, as you eat that taco in front of Andrew G's poster, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Taco beef, bro. Yep, keeping it between us. Yeah, for real, for real. Shout out, <laughs> shout out the public, public affair. affair. Yeah, yeah. Shout out that podcast. No, yeah. What is it? Is, was it Zoop or Zeep? Yeah, I think it's Zoop. So the let me see. Yeah, Z O. -O. Yeah, Zoop. Z O O P. So, so this is an oversized. What a nine by twelve yeah. or twelve by seventeen? Um, no, twelve I by eighteen. I think it's a twelve by eighteen. Yeah. So it's a. Yeah, oh, 12, yeah, 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 it's twelve by seventeen skin. Yeah, so it's so it's the like the artist proof of this yes. whole graphic novel where it has all his black and white scans, uh, like really reproduced nicely. Yes. It's gonna be printed on nice paper. Uh, the book is gonna be hardcover bound, and man, I I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's uh his favorite work mm -hmm. of his entire comics career. They never reproduced that book or anything. Um, he never sold any of the pages, and uh, when he passed away, this is part of a uh, fund to help him and his yeah. family like yeah. set up a college fund for his daughter. Mm -hmm. So, uh, two was it Bernard Chang and Tommy Lee Edwards went yeah. down and scanned all the pages in, and sent them to Mark Chiarello. Mm -hmm. No, Scott Dumbier. Oh Scott yeah, Dumbier. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting 
I'm getting my art directors confused. Scott Dumbier, who's like with mm-hmm. worked with Image and IDW and a bunch of like he does all these heritage edition books. Oh, that's cool. So, like, you'll go to a comic shop and you'll see like, oh, uh, Jack Kirby artist proof, you know, and it's oversized or God. Steve Ditko artist proof for Jim Lee, the Jim Jeez. Lee X Men books, dude. If you guys get a chance, go into your local comic shop and ask to see an artist edition just to flip through it if they have one. It's really cool because you get to see what we see. Well, maybe We're not doing. flip through it, but. Uh, if they'll let you, if, if they'll, they'll let you, if they'll let yeah. you. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this isn't a library, guys. This, this isn't, isn't a library. library. <laughs> Did you guys have any uh, like artist proof? Like, I have collected any. I, Go ahead. Oh, I have a, a Brian Still Freeze uh, artist proof of New Men. It's a series he did. Man, that thing's awesome. Like, and it's got all like it's got it's got editor's notes at the bottom. It's got Brian Still Freeze, all his commentary on the side That's of like cool. what his process was, and then the back of the book it's got some um, like um, preliminaries and uh, pages that weren't used that you know that reference like place it here to see if it worked. Like, it's really cool. So, nice. yeah, I have a I have that same book. When I saw it, I was like, I have to have it. But then I also have a Chris Somney mm, Daredevil mm, mm. book. Man, and it's got like Dang. his whole run from that. So it's hard, hard bound. And in the back, yeah, it's got the scripts from the writer, uh, his breakdowns, all his, so you know, tight. like little thumbnails and everything. That's tight. It has this process on how he handles pages throughout a week. So he'll like count out the number of panels and then just. However, however many he does in a day is what he like marks down next to. Oh, it's 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 it looks weird, but it makes sense when you look at it. Like when you read it out, like oh yeah, that totally makes it. So he doesn't work like he'll work on a script and he'll have all his pages out, and then he'll just do panels. He won't necessarily finish an entire page in one sitting, but he'll you know maybe three panels on this page, two panels on the next page. Another panel on another page and another panel on another page. Like, he'll make sure to get... He'll have a set number of panels to deliver by a day to a week. You know, this is how however many panels yeah. I need to get done at, by a certain time. That's wild. Yeah. It's, cool. it's crazy to think how artists look at a page and how they create. There's so much difference. I mean, like, just from the pages, like... I know my my layouts were real scratchy, but that's how all my stuff starts. Every piece I've ever done has started out super rough, super like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this what we're going to get? Is this what we're going to pay money for? But in the end result, I do want it to come out. So my energy goes into that process. But like Danny said, that process, Danny has a different process. Dude, I think, who is it? Who are you telling me? Danny uh, McNiven, he draws like one panel at a time. McNiven draws a panel on an individual sheet of paper. So, yeah, he'll draw out, like, he'll have his panel thumbnail, like, he'll have his page thumbnailed out, but then he takes an individual sheet of paper and just draws one panel and then takes all those pages, scans them all in, and then creates his entire page off of that. That's wild, man. (laughs) So, I think he does it, so, I don't know if anybody knows who Steve McNiven is, but he is, he's a pretty well-established illustrator. He has a very Travis Charre look to him. And Travis Charre is like the god of comic artists. Whoa. Like he started off as a Jim Lee clone, but he evolved way past Jim Lee. God, man. And he's influenced a lot of artists since. Mm-hmm. But 
Stephen McNiven, when he started out, really, really copied a lot of Travis Charest's work. Like, you could see it in every single detail. Like, almost every pen stroke, every pencil line that he laid down. Wow. Like, man, this guy is a Travis Charest clone almost. Um, and what Travis Charest does is he works oversized. There's a couple of guys that work mm-hmm. oversized. And when I say oversized, usually your page is 11 by 17. And oversized means that they almost double the size of the page. So now it's like a 20 by um, 30 page, 20 by 34, something like that. And Travis works so large because he puts in so much detail into his mm-hmm. stuff. Right. That I think that McNiven, that's why he uses individual pages. He doesn't want to go that large for one page, but he'll take an 11, an eight and a half by 11 and do like a three by four panel on it. And he's got enough space to where he can fit in all of his detail for that page, for that panel. So that that's how that's that's like his process. And that's cool, man. Like if they ever released a book, like uh, individual artists like release a book to uh, their craft, man, that'd be wild. It'd be really, really cool. I because uh, I know uh, people like writers do it. I know like Stephen King has a, a his own writer's book on how to his whole process. Um, and well, King, art books, dude. Like if you just bought like an art book, like that's yeah from Travis Shaw, from any artist. Dude, it shows they show process in there, like prelims, breakdowns, like See, how you practice an arm, what reference photos you took to use. Like, if you, I'll bring one next time. Just I'll pick cool. an art book, and you can just see how much goes into creating a panel. So or I didn't comics. know all that was in an art book. When I think of art books, you just I, think I, of pinups, right? Like right. images, finished no. images. No, dude, there's all kinds of stuff in Man, there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I uh, I remember I got lucky one time and I scored a, a Brian Michael Bendis script book for the Ultimate Spider-Man series over at Bankston's. Do you like that series? Uh, yeah, well, uh, it was just nostalgic. I wasn't sure. Oh man, I don't I don't know if you mentioned. I don't know if you mentioned it or not. Shit, yeah. I did it again. <laughs> I went a good like solid two episodes without saying. No, Ultimate no, Spider-Man. but that's cool, bro. Because that's uh, that's what that's what made you want to get into comics for yeah. sure. Uh, and it was really cool just to read it all. Yeah. And I, some like funny little tidbits, like he absolutely, I didn't know this, but and I didn't realize it, but the, the ultimate rhino only appears once in the entire ultimate universe. And it's because Comic-Con. Brian Michael Bendis hates, hates the, the rhino. rhino. Yeah. yeah. It is so funny. And on the notes you have, he has uh, the script notes and he's like, now we're only going to do this once just to make them happy. And it's like, and he says That's it in the middle funny. of a panel description. It's so it's hilarious. Does he have any like personal stuff in there? Like, um, yeah, there was some, uh, I think it was issue 18 or 19 on there. Um, cause it's, it's not, uh, sequential. It's uh random ones. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think it's, uh, the ones that he chose. So, and there was this one that was with aunt may, um, where she finds out with, uh, finds out about Peter or she finds out that he's lying and, um, Peter has to lie to her. And um, he's he wrote like in there like um, he had some personal things like about lying to family and uh, tying that in there. So just some tiny little stuff. I mean stuff that we've we've all kind of I'm sure like said some little white lies and things like that. Yeah. And you know even putting yourself in a hero's shoes and you constantly having to lie to the only one person that's you know truly important in your life at that time. You know being a teenager, um, you know it's, it it would suck. Yeah. But uh, but it's really cool seeing that uh, the process being able to put that yeah. emotion into it. That's cool, man. That's yeah. a good little reference point, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, From my bit of news, yeah, it kind of goes on what we had last episode a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this, so much pot happened, like the two hours after we recorded, it was wild. Yeah. Um, 
because I just think this happened that day. Um, it's the uh, John Kent colorist quit or was fired. Wait, it's kind yeah, of okay, yeah. Did he quit? Or did he get fired? I think he was released from his contract. He was released from his contract, but there's uh, there's been a few pop ups uh, on uh, like comic uh, and Daily Mail saying that he he quit on a podcast uh, hosted by Ethan Van Skyver. No, no. So here's no. the here's the rundown. So John Kent, uh, the son of Superman, who is the lead of the Son of Kal El book, which is fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was revealed that I believe in number four, number five. Um, that he's bisexual, and it's a it's a brand new character, yeah. uh, and it's Superman. He is Superman, and the news just kind of popped out that Superman is bisexual, and it just blew up in a you know huge huge way. You know, it was covered on so many media yeah, sites. Yeah, yeah, um, And then the colorist, uh, his name is Gabe. I might be saying this cor- uh, incorrectly. Uh, Gabe Eltieb. Oh E-L-T-A-E-B. yeah. 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 Um, he, uh, was on the podcast and, uh, you're on the, uh, YouTube channel. Um, and he was saying he was tired of it and then, uh, saying this was nonsense that they're changing the slogan, um, uh, of, uh, the oh. truth, justice in the American way. So was it the fact that, uh, John Kent came out as bisexual or the fact that, because that's another bit of news that's, that's adjacent to the whole Superman slogan, the truth, justice yeah. in the American way is being changed to Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. That's right. So which is the one that he really took issue with? I think it's both because uh, it's... Uh, it was kind of like na- last nail, like the the last, what is it? Broke the last straw on the camel's back, whatever yeah. that saying is. Mono, you're so eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that shit is. I'm a either, either, it's either the last nail in the coffin or the straw that broke the yeah. camel's back. I was but super, somehow Mondo got them both. Uh, intertwine, guys. I'm just smooth <laughs> like that, bro. Smooth operator. Like, oh man, I can I can see why Kate went for you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> good, man. All those man. margaritas, bro. Yeah. That's what helped. She's like, wow, he's he's slurring, but he must have been drinking too. It's like, no, it's just how I talk. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is a really good editor. Whenever yeah. she's drunk, because yeah. whenever I'm talking to her about a story, she's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But what about this? And then it's like she's drunk, and then like whenever she explains it, it's like. Oh, hey, that's probably a good idea. It's a lot better than mine because yeah. I have terrible ideas. Anyway, um, what's going on over here is uh, he he's just fed up with it, with it being <laughs> yeah, the changes yeah, that yeah. are happening nah, to, with that, representation. Dude. Well, it's, okay, so I don't know that it's because uh, I, I think I read the same story you did, and he's fed up with it. I think I don't think he lost his job over him speaking out. I think he lost his job over disparaging DC Comics. mm you know, cause, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, there's one thing. There's one thing to go on your personal page and do a YouTube like, "Hey, this is why you know changing in comics is bad," as opposed to being like, "I'm tired of the book that I'm working on, trying to make." You know what I mean? Making kind I'm of try, like a public, I'm, I'm tired of the publishers that yes, you know pushing these agenda. You know that are also writing your paychecks, like, right? So, so it's crazy. Yeah. So um, going on with a bit of the truth, justice in the American way. Um, Danny hit us with some knowledge that I didn't know about the origins of that and how long that how that came into play because I always thought that that was it. that it, it had always yeah. existed. Yeah, cause no, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I you know that was in the, the honor films, and, yeah. and you know, and that's what I thought it it was. You know, no, because um, even the, in the two thousand six film in the re- right. reboot, the redone, they mm-hmm. kind of they don't say it. They you know, allude true to justice, it. all that you know. Yeah. 
so where where exactly did that come in? Um, so it came in in the 40s right after World War II, or right during World War II. Yeah. When they really wanted to try and solidify uh, the American spirit as we were, uh, you know, Man, we were knee deep in in it. We were in the shit, man. Yeah. Um, and so in order to kind of uh, circle the wagons, if you will, around Americana and everything, like they added, the, they attributed that slogan. Mm-hmm. They changed it because at first it was like truth and, and justice. Some, like Pa Kent said it to him. Like and it did not include the American way. Yeah, it said intolerance. Yeah. yeah, truth, justice, and something against intolerance. Um, but the radio program, the Superman radio program, yeah. introduced us to truth, justice, and the American way, and that was in the forties during World War Two, and it kind of stuck, and then uh, it kind of fell out of favor. But then when McCarthyism took it took hold, it kind of mm. ramped back up. Again, because you, they were fighting a cold war against communism, and they really wanted to like single out people who weren't for the American way, which was dumb. You know, the American way isn't always the best way, right? And it it once McCarthyism was done, and then we hit the sixties and seventies when we were in Vietnam, the Korean War in Vietnam, and things really started to go down for America, like in the public, in like the worldview. Mm-hmm. They kind of shelved it for a little while, and it, and it wasn't until 1978 in the Richard Donner film Superman, where he, where Christopher Reeve actually spoke truth, justice, and the American way, and it kind of just really because film is a lot different than radio. Mm-hmm. You know, it has such a bigger impact um, that I think it just firmly took hold, and it's just you have everyone. A, you have an actor that's a wholesome actor. You know, he looks like Superman. This is like the first like kind of real color live action CG effect. Like I mean, it's a big deal, and for him to say that like set kind of like a precedent. It's like okay, this is where we need to go in this direction from now on. You know, but yeah, I think the 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 fact that it's changing now is is. I think the creators, anybody who has a very heartfelt connection with Superman, Superman are tired of it being tied to one demographic one american way like superman's an alien he's from outer space he's saving the whole earth he's protecting the whole earth everybody that's in it not just the united states you know so it always felt kind of silly going into this day and age to keep the you know keep the american way on it you know yeah and i think a lot of we won't dive too much into it but a lot of social things because now that comics are so involved in everyone's lives, because you have people who don't even read the books, but they love the movies. It's involved in everybody that kind of gets tied into social things. So I think a lot of social things that are happening are starting to think, hey, man, maybe we need to rethink this character that was. Because the American yeah. way is failing. Yes. Us. You know, if, yes. We, if we do it the American way, we're going to murder put, more people. To put than, it so lightly, yes. Yes. So originally it started out as uh, a never ending battle. For truth and justice, full stop. That was the slogan. Mm-hmm. And then in the radio serials, they added like you said, yeah. truth, justice, in the American way. Crazy. So. Progressive. Uh, yes, Joey? 
See the the whole thing with that for me that I I'm reading on the comments on it and it's just like what what are what exactly are you upset about? Who is when people I think when I think of Superman, you think of the world like you think of he's an alien here on Earth and it's it's an immigration story. Yeah, right. And I saw this thing. I, I think I screenshotted it. Um, and it made me so mad and it, I was going to send it to you guys like this is why I want to do comics but it still felt kind of cheesy saying that shit um, nah I didn't get it but um, it was my bad my bad I thought I had it unprepared yeah. I'm a little bit in this drink um, but uh, these white crawls we're, uh, we're getting white girl wasted today so what's up a little bit uh, but no it's just like who you're shopping who next your door <laughs> At, at the lostery, oh, the or lostery, whatever. whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> get some beads and some some saddlebags. Nah, saddlebags and boots with fringes on them. <laughs> Maybe a couple of chakra stones or something. I don't know. We're just spitballing. No, nah, people that get upset about this need to get their the chakras in line because well, it's, it's control power, dude. They don't. Yeah. So people are having when when there's no there's no um, opposing forces. People are equal now. They're starting to get equal, or they're um, starting to get equal. They're not equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, not yeah. equal. They're yeah, starting yeah. to get equal platforms, right? Like equal the people who have always had power have always had to say they have to give up that and that. I mean, I don't know. I have other thoughts on that. They that think, dives in the hole. They think that not um, comics issues. An equal slice of the pie means less pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yes. Like the equal slice of the pie is I'm taking your slice. That's not the case. There's yes. enough pie for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so yeah, that whole thing. It's it's like Mondo said. It's people who. So you also have to look at Superman. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> where was he raised? Like who found uh, him? You know, Kansas in the middle of <laughs> the heart of America, the heartland, uh, middle America. Is, you know, um, and everything. could you imagine if he was blonde? <sighs> like, could you imagine just that one little edit? Yeah, just that one to little his edit. Homelander. Yeah, exactly. But look at Homelander. What light is he portrayed in? American. Yeah, but he's isn't he in the I mean I haven't watched the show or read the books, but isn't he kinda like a douche? Like he's a Not I, outwardly. That's the thing. Homelander is Superman, but behind oh, closed doors okay. Homelander is a giant dick. But you see that, right? But you see that, right? Like as a reader and as a viewer, you see that, right? But Superman, he's what, always trying to do the right thing behind closed doors all the time, right? So yeah, Hol- so Homelander Homelander has that switch we oh i can see why he's not a good guy to like i like him but I, superman if he was blonde could you imagine like the the repercussions of him being blonde and blue-eyed and from kansas and this you know like that's my view on it i don't know i think we kind of hit yeah we like kind of hit a tent we, we 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 detoured somewhere in there yeah i'm like wait what's going on we're talking a whole different thing yeah Okay. That was my bad. No, no that's that was. I think yeah, I think, yeah. This one's been, clearly we, on Mondo. Yes, this one's clearly on me. I think it's because we I've been, we've been talking in our other friend chance about other stuff than comics, so it's kind no, of. It's over. Um, we uh, this will no, it'll be fine. This will be a good segue into yeah. the, to the main topic. Um, we done with news. Everybody got their news out. Yeah. Okay. Think, cool. Oh, so. one more. Oh, thing. hold up. One more thing. Ah, uh, shit. Here we go. Dan Rather. No, Dan Rather. <laughs> Bro, Danny, you're in this book. You are in this book, Danny. That I'm, we're gonna talk about. I want. You'll see. You'll see. This is a fun one. This is a fun one. So, uh, uh, piggybacking off of the John Kent thing, uh-huh. 
DC Comics has released or announced that sales are through the roof, like pre-orders for the actual issue in which he does come out. It states him coming out, states him. Like they've already ordered reprints, right? Like they've. No, I don't even know if they've ordered reprints. They've just like up the initial print run. Initial print run. Yeah, they've. They're saying that they've never seen numbers like this. Because I still don't think that issue is out. No, it's not. It doesn't come out until November. So there is time. There is time for speculation. Sal, you go in there. Get, Get to work, Sal. Get to work, Sal. Get it. You go in there and you slab your book immediately. <laughs> you, slab you slab that book immediately, bro. Oh man! You, you pay your your overpriced twelve dollars for that book. <laughs> Get it slabbed, and you're man. You're sitting on a gold mine. You're sitting on a literal gold Guys, mine. retire. Quit your job. Yeah. You put got it. it. You've, you've made it. You've Don't even it. put your two weeks, bro. Just yeah. No, you're going to go in there go, and get that comic. You're going to go be set. In, go in your boss's office. <laughs> shit right on his desk. <laughs> Don't even wait for him to leave. Just do it, bro. And then walk out. Like, right, flat, dude, flash put, the book. Get, dude, put it in a Superman <laughs> symbol. Get <laughs> out the desk. Flash, Results may vary. Flash the yeah. book at him. Say, I'm rich, bitch. I'm rich, you know, rich. Some old, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Hi, no, bro. yeah, the the pre-orders are through the roof. Some milestone. I, I think it's I think it's twofold. Like a you see like Joey's a, face. He hates variants. We're just joking, bro. It's cool. It's not a variant. No, come down, I, think, come down. I think it is twofold. I think it's yeah. people prospecting that this book is going to be worth so much money because it is, yeah. you know, a, a huge milestone. announcement. Yeah, it's a huge announcement in the in the comic book world. Mm. Uh, the other one is people are excited to see representation and they want, you know, they, it's a piece of history. Yeah. It is a genuine piece of history. So um, we're going to see. I hope it's not speculation because, again, you're not going to make money off of this book. If you think you are, you're wrong. A couple hundred, a couple hundred dollars. That's nice. not money. Okay. That's lunch. That's lunch, bro. Stop thinking that uh, you selling books for a couple hundred dollars. Like if you sold a lot, and a lot, I'm I'm using the term a lot, not a lot, like a bunch. I'm using a term of like a plot of land or something. A lot's worth of books. Then yeah, you could make a cool mint, dude. You know what? I'm not even mad at flippers anymore <laughs> because I feel like they understand what's going on more than people who are trying to read these comics and be in comics because they understand that the book's only going to be hot for a minute. Get your quick lick, get out of there. But you got guys like Danny said holding on to books for like, oh man, in like, you know, five years. And then they get mad when nobody buys it. Five, ten years. Like, like they, dude, like bro, no. You got to look at print runs. Yeah. You, you really want your book to be worth money? Go break into everyone else's house who bought the same book and burn their books. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the only reason why Superman or uh, Detective Comics, whichever the first, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, like uh, all these books with the first appearance of Superman, the first appearance of Batman, first appearance of Spider-Man, Fantastic Four and more. That's the only reason why those books are worth so much money is because they're scarce. Why were they scarce? Because kids were... Cutting out pages, putting them in their back pocket. Well, like, weren't I thought? And I could be mistaken, but I thought stores uh, had to like take off covers. From oh, certain books. newsstand editions. When you pulp them, yeah, yeah. So what what would happen is but that again, grocery that, stores would be able to cut out uh, the like cover of the title and then send it back for a partial refund. 
So if they didn't sell books, they'd be like, well, we don't, we're not going to keep these out forever. We'll right. just cut them, send them back. And so what happens is they would send back bulks of books right. to get pulped. You know, the paper recycled for the next batch. Uh, but some books would escape that pulping, like, you know, maybe a grocery store. Like, you know what? I really like, I don't know what this Justice League number one is about, but it looks cool. I'm going to keep a copy for myself, maybe take it home, let my kids read it. And the kid liked it, but didn't like it that much. And they just put it away and it's in pristine condition and it gets put in a box somewhere, storage and boom, 40 years later, here's a damn near mint condition issue one of Justice League. Dude, I was millions of dollars. I was watching some video. It was like a YouTube. Where was I? I don't know what it was on a news segment or something. It was the last thing I'll say. And then it was a they were tearing down some kind of building. Like it was like a library or somebody's business. And they kept finding all these like like first like Submariner in a comic strip because he was like in a comic strip before he was in. They were finding like uh, Action Comics number one. But people they tore out all the pages and they used it for insulation in their house. So there's all these comics in the wall, just like pages of comics, covers of comics, these iconic comics. And these people were just using it to keep their house like afloat. Like crazy, bro. That house is expensive. Man, that uh, (laughs) Superman heat vision kicking in, bro. (laughs) No, uh, it's uh, all. Well, I mean, kind of one more little bit of news before we keep on. I'm sorry. Uh, No, it's fine. Image uh, saying that they're uh, no longer going to be doing, well, for the time being. Uh, no more reprints. Oh yeah, did we touch on this uh, previously? No, like no, uh, we, we paper not. shortage. No, I just or did, was that just in the chat? That was in the chat. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so oh yeah, so there's been a paper shortage, right? Like just I think just materials, materials yeah. all around. Because like it's hard to get inks too. So dang, but yeah, paper. Uh, a lot of these paper mills have oversold their stock and supply, Ooh. thinking that they were going to get. Um, restocks and they haven't been able to because of the pandemic still right and so um like a lot of these printers can't print books and there's been a shortage and some books are being delayed because of this and now image has taken the step to what joey do what what are they doing they're not going to be reprinting the first issues that are coming out or just yeah the the first um the first print the initial print runs so it doesn't matter if it's a first issue or yeah. second issue, whatever. That whatever, is, whatever. I think that is true because also too, I know that IDW and Boom are not doing any variants after the first issue. Good, Joey. Good. Joey, Good. man, Joey really hates that variant. I hate like, variant. Man, I got hoed so bad. I bought twelve. Co- I bought twelve <laughs> issues last <laughs> week. Bro, I had to get this pro- Arthur Adams cover. <laughs> Fuck. It wouldn't be a problem if it only happened once. But this shit happens about every other couple weeks. Wait, it happened to you multiple times? Yes. You've, you've done this multiple times, Joey? Yes. Learn, Joey. Joey. <laughs> you should learn. You should go and see that there's not 15 Batman issues out the same day. Like, different storylines. This is lines. not his fault, but I'm going to blame <laughs> Carter, okay? Carter do fault. be hoeing you. Like, here, he's like, hey, man, here's this life held. I'm like, bro. I mean, Carter, he put me on some books. Some books are strange. And they, you know, but some of them are really cool. Like there was one, uh, what is it? Uh, the Department of Truth. He put me on that one. That yeah. one was really tight. Um, I'm doing a cover for that next month. Are you really? Yeah. Hey, Look okay. At this guy. 
This Damn. guy out here <sighs> doing that's, work. That's a journey. Well, speaking of creating comic books. What a nice segue. Good job, Mondo. It's kind of clunky. A little. Well, I mean. <laughs> Danny's like, it's kind of I don't think we ever resolved the whole image thing. Like, yeah, we did it. We kind of just kind of jumped. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so okay. image will print one issue. Yes. Like issue one, issue two, issue three. And usually what comic uh, publishers do is if there's a huge run on it, if it sells out, they'll reprint that particular issue and resubmit it to comic shops yes. so that other people have a chance. But it's now a second version or... A uh, third version or whatever, however, whatever the print run is, it's not a first edition, second right. edition, first, second, third edition editions is what I was thinking of. Right. So they're only printing first edition books now, uh, cutting down on second, third and fourth editions to kind of uh, help out the paper supply. That is smart, though, yeah. too, financially for them because create scarcity. It creates scarcity. And as we've all been seeing, a lot of indie books have been coming out on TV shows, movies. So the fact that you can get a book and it be the only book from a TV show or a movie that comes out and that's you're the only one that has it, it's going to benefit you. It is kind of like a thank you to fans and people who do want to support books. Yeah. You know, It's a limited thing. Yeah. Limited imagine, edition kind of thing. Imagine if this happened a few months ago before The Last House on the Lake uh, popped out wow. with Tinian. I don't even know what that or, book uh, is. Well, it's, it's a Tinian book. You know, it's blown uh, up. And, um, Tinian. I have the first two issues. It's pretty, it's, it's like Tinian? I, I don't know. I I really don't because like I, okay his answer. books, the books that I've gotten from him, The Last House on the Lake um, and uh, what is Something is Killing the Children. I, I feel like they're hype books and yeah. I don't know. It, I don't know if it's just because it's not for me yeah. or, or if I'm just not seeing what. I hate his Batman characters. Was pulling God, that fucking what was that Joker thing he came out with? Like Joker War, Clown Hunter. Yeah, it was Joker Clown, Hunter, Clown Hunter, Hunter, Punchline, Punchline, oh and Ghost Maker. Uh, Ghost Maker. Trash. Yeah, Clown Hunter. He's just a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like uh, Joey is writing these books now. For real, <laughs> Clown Hunter. This mm. makes me so confident. <laughs> I cannot tell you. <laughs> I got a job. Yeah, I, I can name characters. <laughs> Oh, oof. Yeah. Yeah, oof. I don't know. Clown Hunter, I probably wouldn't have. Well, that's that. cool. Speaking yeah. of comics, making comics will lead us into our main topic today, which we only have about <laughs> like 15 minutes for maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. We'll be all right. We got it. So, we have some really cool news, and our Kickstarter backers were the first ones to uh, get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that news is the, the, the book is done. Plus Universe Alpha, our debut book, uh, is is completed, and it's sent to print. Yeah. How do you guys feel? I'm going to be the mediator because these dudes put in work on this book. Danny is the first artist on the title, plus Universe Alpha, to introduce our whole universe with Joey writing the story. And we just wanted to wrap it up and talk about our experiences, what you guys went through, the struggles all come full circle so you can get an idea of what it was like for us. So let's start from the beginning. We kind of gave you an intro in our trailer of like how we all met and stuff like that. But let's dive more into what were we, what were you guys doing at the time creatively? Like what, where were you at in a headspace? Like Dying. Oh shit. I was dying. Were you really? I was dying. No, I was was that during dying. your health scare? 
Uh, uh, no, no. Um, I I think I was just like uh, disillusioned a lot. You know, just damn. It's a deep. It's a deep word. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's part. It's partially to blame on on my end. Um, I thought that I could make the leap into comics in a very short turnaround. So when I started, I was really wanting to be be into comics. I was like 17, 18 years old. And I was, you know, well, I drew my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone who wants to be in comics draws their entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so 17, 18, 19, uh, I really wanted to be into comics and everything. And then life happens. And I had a, I had a son. And then priorities shifted. And once, you know, I just kind of put that all away and I'd gotten a lot of good feedback early on too. I'd went to San when Diego. You were yeah. When I was younger, I'd gone to San Diego twice and I, you know, talking to artists and yeah. artists alley and everything. And they were like, Oh that. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah uh, who was it? Told you you should be drawing comics. Who was the <laughs> two artists? Travis Charay. Dang bro. And that's, Brian Stelfreeze. That's, that's both. A, dude, that's amazing. Like to know, to not even like, no, Danny's like what he does, what he does daily to just look at his work in front of you and say in some way or form, you need to be involved in comics is a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's right. a lot about your that says a lot about your work like that you can see, but also your intensity that you can see what you put into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Travis told me that back in 99 um, and I've held on to that. That's like my that's, that's my, that's my comfort pillow. That's my, <laughs> that's my safe says, space. That's where anytime somebody says Travis, some yeah. random dude. Hey, man. You know, hey. Travis Charest. Yeah. yeah, one time he told me I can. And have you met him since? I have not met him since. You should send him a copy. You should, I man. Should, you should. should say, hey, man, look. Long time ago, you said I should be in comics. Yeah. Got tired of, of waiting around. Yeah. This is what I did. Yeah. So then um, fast forward about 20 years. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, my son's graduated. He's kind of self-sufficient now i'm gonna go ahead and give this comics thing another try i'm gonna give it another try and i i think 2016 i kind of jumped back in uh with just drawing samples and stuff and going around um uh, and i drew up some samples i actually got a book with uh darby pop i submitted some samples i got a book and i got two short stories probably like four pages each I think that book is still available at like Bankston's. Yeah, Bankston's. They have it at Bankston's. Your local. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still in there. And man, don't please don't go buy it and have me sign it because they're such rough pages. Oh man, <laughs> they're so rough. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, But you can tell They're from, good, though. from like then them. to today, like the evolution that I've had in just such a short time. Um, I, in the in between the Darby Pop and today, I did go to a fan expo in Dallas and I showed my stuff to Brian Stelfreeze. And he was like, because he was busy 
and I didn't want I didn't want to bother him, but I knew like if there's a voice in comics, Delfries is a voice in comics. Mm-hmm. He's taking so many young artists under his wing and just really watched them flourish. And you know, he's a legend in his own right. And I kind of like, hey, if you've got time, would you mind looking over my portfolio? And he was in the middle of painting something, uh, and he was like. Uh, you can leave me leave me your samples and I'll look at it. I'm like, all right. So I'd like I'd had packs ready to go and I pulled out one and just kind of left it with him. And then I guess he had reached a stopping point on his painting. He was just like, well, you know what? Give me your portfolio. It's like, all right. So I, and I had my actual physical portfolio and he pulls it out. He starts looking at it. I knew immediately that he wasn't expecting a lot, but when he opened it. He was silent. He was like, whoa. He was he was surprised. He was surprised at how good the pages were to begin with. Like, he knew that I wasn't just, like, starting out. He knew that I had put work in. I had studied. I knew, like, my anatomy, mm-hmm. my figures, uh, structure, my architecture, you know, uh, camera angle. Like, I, I'd taken a bunch of different things and put them into, this, into these samples. And he was like, all right, now you need to figure out what kind of artist you want to be. I'm like, what does what, that what mean? <laughs> exactly. Brian Selfries is on some real shit, bro. Yeah, Brian Selfries doesn't play. Doesn't fucking play. So he was like, do you want to tell uh, high action like Superman? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell team books like X-Men? Do you want to tell uh, noir detective stories like Batman? Do you want to tell, you know. Like, you have to be able to figure out what kind of storyteller you want to be because your skills will uh, lead, like, like if you want to tell high action and not noir, you could do Spider-Man but not Moon Knight. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I was like, all right. And, and you know, that that's, that's very good advice. It is sound advice. Mm-hmm. Once you've established your baseline on your skills, yeah, it's sound advice to go to now develop, like, well, do I want to draw Spawn or do I want to draw uh, X-Men? You know, you have to pick a direction. Because if you notice, a lot of these a lot of these artists, they don't translate well to other style of storytelling. Me. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you mentioned it, you think of Chris Samney, you know, uh, Firepower. You think of Daredevil. You think of Captain America. Yeah. all not They're not similar stories by any means, but the... Uh, it's it's a high action, yeah. Uh, similar following. similar yeah. tale, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I never thought of it. But, so but right. he, but see, Samney can also do like a Batman, right? Like real dark, gritty. Like he could, uh, he's doing Batoba right now. Yeah. So I mean, like that. Th- that's what Danny's saying is an artist like me. Like I, I would struggle with like Black Widow or. Like that to me is very espionage, very like guns. Oh yeah, there's a lot of silent moments, like a, a lot of guns, you know, a lot of like to me that's not high energy. Like I feel like my model, yeah, model has to be a high energy thing. My it high, sounds weird to yeah. think to you have to illustrate something silent. Mm-hmm. It sounds so hard. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean th- this creative that's, that's part of the portfolio process yes. too. When you get looked at in a portfolio, you have to be able to tell uh, silent moments mm-hmm. because they want to. They don't want to see pin- a lot of people can do pinups. They don't want to see action. Yep. A lot of people can do action. They can do, you know, like a blaster and, and a punch being thrown and everything. What they want to see is those quiet moments, the stuff that fills in the middle. You know, like Peter Parker. They want to see the emotion on, on the characters. Mm-hmm. Can you draw emotion? 
Yes. Can you make the reader feel? They want to see Peter Parker talking to Aunt May or Mary Jane, like kind of breaking down and, and them kind of realizing you've been lying to me. They want to see Batman struggling to come to terms with being a father and losing his son or sons, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be, or watching Barbara Gordon get shot and not mm-hmm. being able to do anything about it, you know, coming in very yeah. late. They want to be able to, to see you portray Superman losing it over like Lois Lane being murdered. You know, I hate, I hate the injustice franchise by the way, but you know, they want to see that scene where, you know, he's like, he realizes like this, this just happened and now he's about to snap, you know? Yeah. So like it's because those moments, if you go back, go back and look through your books, go back, look through Mm -hmm. your uh, ultimate Spider-Man. How many quiet moments are there versus how many action moments are there? Brian Michael Bendis is a master at writing out quiet moments, mm-hmm. the little dialogues and everything, the characterization moments. So, so you got you're getting these reviews, you're getting these portfolio reviews. You're now at a point where you're what kind of drawing again? You're kind of drawing of, again, and I'm submitting to places, mm-hmm. but I keep getting rejected. Mm-hmm. Keep getting rejected. The closest I got was with Marvel. Um, their talent talent coordinator talent coordinator yeah they picked my samples to be part of a group um that they had done at a convention in dallas and i think it was about so dc and marvel were holding open tryouts and i think they picked 10 10 people each out of hundreds of submissions and i was lucky enough to be one of the 10 for marvel they were, um they were lucky yeah thanks uh, they gave me a tryout uh, for some Spider-Man sample pages. I turned those in, and then they turned around and gave me some Iron Fist sample pages. I was like, "What?" So I, I you know, I thought I was really in there, and wow. um, I turned in the Iron Fist sample pages, and then I just got a well, you know, we'll keep these on file. And we'll let you know because something something kind of comes up, and that was man, that was a low point. Cause I was like, man, I'm really like, I could, I could do a fill in, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even a short story. Yeah. I just needed an opportunity to kind of break in, break in. And cause I've seen a lot of artists develop their style over time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you look at Olivier Coipel at the beginning on his Legion of superheroes run to today, it's light years away from where he started. And that's what I figured I needed. I just needed like that, that first that first opportunity yeah. to be able to evolve because I feel like they want me at a point where I'm already at a Travis Charest or a Jim Lee or an Adam Hughes right now. And they're not giving me the opportunity to yes. come in at the beginning. Like if you look at early Adam Hughes, it's still Adam Hughes, but it's not as refined yeah. early Jim Lee. It's still Jim Lee, but not as refined. And you have to think about it like, we draw all day, but a lot of the drawing that we do is in a comfortable space with from our perspective. Imagine getting thrown into a bullring of all these other creatives and someone's like, okay, we changed writers up last second. This page has to be changed or this page needs to be darker. This page needs to be. And you have to adjust to that in order to, like Danny says, to, to put out that work while also trying to grow as an artist 
Yeah. It's very tense. And what Danny's saying is they wanted him to come out and be able to just pump books out whenever they want. Like, hey, do these pages. You know, do these, do these, do these. And maybe they didn't, I don't know why they wouldn't feel you with that stuff. I've I've seen those pages and they're, oh. Yeah, I remember them. It's a lot of, it's a lot of good stuff that's better than stuff out there. You know, and that's not bad to say. It's not mean to say. It's not, that's part of how being an artist is, is reflective. You look at other people's work and you compare it to the people you like and your stuff and you say, oh, I could do, the, the thing is, is to make it happen. If you think you're better than someone, you know, try to at least try to make it happen don't go shit on somebody's work and then not do anything about it yeah you know that's what we're doing we're making our own book we made our own book we're doing our own characters we're drawing it how we want to draw it so so that's that's kind of where i was i was disillusioned with everything and joey joey pops in with his with his wild ass idea okay man joey joey's uh story is less (laughs) less a journey and more of a young, a, a young stumble, a young kid excited, yeah, and, yeah, and and thirsty and hungry, man. This kid was at us every day, talking to us. He'd be working. He worked at the cafe across from the comic book store. He would run over. Just, hey, man, what's up? What are y'all doing? You sound very different, Joey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mono's telling sorry, Joey's story. Telling Joey, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got sidetracked. No, he got man. he got excited from for Joey's story. I did, Man, I, I did. I'm excited me, for me, it. Me and you tell Joey's story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was refreshing. I'm gonna say one yeah. thing. It was refreshing because Joey, as artists, we've had a lot of people pitch to us different ideas and stuff. And the only reason I got excited is because Joey was really refreshing when he came over to us. And this is how. Go ahead, Joey. Man, I uh, so I decided in 2017 that I wanted to spend my life creating comics that. How old were you then? I uh, was 2017, 20, 23. Okay. I was 23. No, I was 22 going on 23 at the okay. time. Child. I know. I was a child. Oof. Still am. Still working on it. Damn. And um, I knew right there that, because uh, I, I loved comics. Yeah. I loved stories. I loved it all. And I knew that before I died, I wanted to give my shot at making my own. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I spent years and years growing up playing in my backyard pretending i was wolverine with sticks in between my hands and you know and uh just making up all these own little stories on my own so i was like fuck it it's it's time that i'm not getting any younger yeah and i'm i don't want to be i'm not getting any younger i know this this 22 bro jesus my thing is is we're still working at the time yeah yeah okay yeah they're kind of working now yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I, I didn't want to look back when I'm an older and then think I, no, I, I should have done this. No hip replacement tears. I, I get what you're saying. You didn't want to. You didn't want to commit to a track of like, okay, I want to be a doctor yeah, and do dude. that whole school of not doing your passion, and then yeah. at forty, and still honestly, paying off school loans. Like now, I want to do comics. Like huge, ouch. huge, this gigantic, uh, gigantic shout out to Jessica, my fiance, because I remember I sat down with her and I asked her, I was like, look. Because by that time, I kind of knew, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're the one. But by that time, I sat down, I was like, look, for better or for worse, I want to spend my life chasing a dream of creating comic books. I really think I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to give it a shot. Ooh. And she's like, go for it. I'll support you 110%. Damn, bro. And I was like, all right, let's, you should, let's go. You should marry her. I should, you know. You mm. should think about <laughs> it. You should seriously consider it. You should it. really consider it, At bro. least consider we, it. We support least, you. you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe sleep on it, you know, just, just kind of think it over. I'll give it a thought. She seems like a good one. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. and, and I just, I took off. Yeah. And, um, I, I found fa- Facebook, man, honestly, social media, 
uh, finding online sites that people were just making books. And I found out that a lot of the creators uh, from books that I was reading, like from Image and stuff like that, were were kind of in those Facebook groups. Yeah. You know, like there were Colin Bunn was in one of the Facebook groups that I joined. So, you know? so for the people that don't know, like you're a writer. Yes. But like, Sorry. were you writing before? Did you get into comics because you wanted uh, to draw? Yeah. Like, what's up? Yeah. So I, uh, my background in writing uh, was uh, in high school. I was in one act play. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I acted a little bit. Yeah. And whenever I was there, that's whenever I first got my hands on a script. But you gravitated and towards the writing, dude. That's a big yeah, deal because, well, like, it was in the scripts, it was really cool because yeah. it was the fact that I got to see the words and then see it come to fruition. And then I started, you know, just kind of going in, like, whoa, you know, that's how movies are made, you know? I mean, Joey, it sounded dumb to think. Joey has a God complex. Oh, he's like, oh, dude, I, if I what? write the script. I can control everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's how villains are made. Yeah, because oh, most shit. people, most people <laughs> in high school, they gravitate towards the acting. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Because you, know, you want the spotlight on you. Know, but you now, want, but no, my you dumb ass. Like you went towards the writing. Like you're playing I, the long game, bro. I will control <laughs> everyone on stage. They will do my <laughs> bidding. <laughs> No, it, it comes to a point where you like, murder the other one. <laughs> no, it comes to a point where like you realize, like you know, where you come into adulthood, yeah. that some of the things you yeah. did in childhood, you put two and two together. Whenever I was in the backyard playing at seven years old, I wasn't just playing; I was creating stories within my head. And if I do that as an adult, and I can put that down in paper, I can make things, and I can physically, you know, meet with other people who want to make the same things. And when those things in my head can actually become a real thing. Were you George Lucas in your backyard? Like, all right, you're going to shoot him with your blaster first. And then in your head, you're arguing. Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, he needs to shoot him with his blaster first. Like, no, the other guy needs to shoot first. And then you just storm off and leave your toys in the backyard. Were you until watching like, me? <laughs> until, like, the next day when you've reconciled with yourself. All right, maybe this is a good idea. I remember, my, I remember our neighbors, because I used to live on the Vegas Street. I remember our neighbors. It was this little old couple. And uh, they would get so concerned because they thought that I was like, I was hurt. I'd be <laughs> screaming my ass off in the backyard like with the, the stick. Just like and they think I was getting hurt because I was like pretending yeah. that I got my arm cut off and all that. But no, I, anyway, uh, cutting back to now, I, um, uh, I started writing and I experimented in writing like some little short films that, you know, never got made, but just like writing scripts for them. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I think it was in 2017, um, whenever I've gotten into those Facebook groups and all that. Uh, I met with a guy, I think his name was Gregory Warren Chuck, and I could be saying that incorrectly, but he's a Canadian guy, um, and he... Uh, He'll forgive you. Yeah, he will. You're Canadian. Uh, and he's You're the Canadian. first artist that I, I worked with, and I, I paid him this little $40 fee, and he he did two store, uh, two little pages for me, and That's tight, when dude. I got him, I was like, what the fuck, holy shit, this is... Uh, thinking back, the story was so dumb. It was called Planet Mapper, and it was about this little boy that explores planets because that's safe. And uh, he he finds this little cat that pops its its limbs, and he has to go find the limbs. Huh. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, y'all. That's interesting. Huh. <laughs> That's it could be the alcohol talking. I think we can use that. Oh no, <laughs> that's definitely the alcohol. It's talking. definitely the alcohol. <laughs> okay, so fast forward. You're writing now. Where are you working at when you run into us? I'm working at King's Landing, okay. owned by uh, Brent and Lee Bankston. Cool. Um, who own Bankston's, Bankston's comic yeah. stores. Comics, comics cards. Yeah. yeah. Comics, cards, and collectibles. There you go. 
And um, so at that time, I'm, I've already have uh, a book, not a book, uh, a few strips under my name. Yeah. Um, and I'm in the process of uh, setting up my first uh, story that will become my first book. Yeah. Um, and then you guys are at a drink and draw. And I'm is working. That, yeah. Is that what you meant, Seth? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. He I'm, came in. Like, I'm he really stumbled in. He's all, wow. You. You are the two I've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like drunk. <laughs> like, yeah. Joey, do you have a shit to dance? No. I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> I've traveled many millennia. <laughs> like, what the hell? Are you dad hammer? Yeah. Like, what's going on, bro? I'm over there pouring a beer, and all of a sudden you guys walk in and everything stops. Like, Whoa. Point was like me with his Iron Man drawing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, Man drawing I'm, I'm, I'm just there pouring beer, yeah, making yeah. coffee for people, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I take some beer over this table and I look at what you guys are doing, and and here's the thing that fucked me up. I saw you guys. I, I think you were drawing. Uh, I forget what it was. I'm, I'm gonna have to make some shit up. I'll just be guessing. But you were drawing something amazing, and then before I can compliment, must have been looking at Danny's stuff. But when I drop, I uh, put the beer down. And before I can compliment, <laughs> probably <laughs> Danny's like he's like humble, but he's like yeah, probably it was mine. I've seen this happen. I probably do this twelve by eighteen Batman over a ledge, like I've no, because this, this part reminds me so much of me. Okay, okay, good. I've seen this happen so many times, and but the first time was the most tragic. I see them with this page almost complete and it looks amazing i forget what it was but it's so awesome so dynamic and it didn't look like anything i've ever seen before it looked like an like a real comic book page yeah uh-huh. in real you know, life not, yeah. yes not not to disrespect anybody you know any other artwork before any right. local artist it's different town. when you see some shit bro you you could tell that this was professional yeah. level work from someone yeah. that had put the work in and when i saw it I was like, this is amazing before i could even say anything man that was good Fucker erases it. <laughs> yep. Takes out the. Danny's the, like, fuck this. Starts See? erasing the whole thing. See, that sounds like me. That does. That, that does, does sound, sound like me. Danny. And it wasn't Mondo, one piece. It was the whole thing. Bro, page. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm going to make this work. Mono, Mono <laughs> will either, I'll make this work or he'll just get a new piece of paper yeah. and save it for later. Yeah. Me, I, yeah. I, I hate wasting yeah. paper. I have so, so much scrap paper already that I'm like, if it's half a drawing and I don't like it, it's gone. Dude, Corey, Corey came over the to the house the other day to pick up. Um, I gave him some artwork, you know, because what he's been going through. I was like, dude, just go through this pile and pick what. He's like, what's this? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> he's like, can I pay? he's like, well, how much? I was like, you can just have it. Just I don't know what it. this is. Like, just, I, you throw it away, yeah, please. You throw it away. My yeah. wife is on me. She <laughs> doesn't like this pile. Yeah, like, like, but that's how I work. But yeah, so yeah, anyway, no, I mean, so, so that was I, definitely Danny. But yeah, so that, that was me. You, that when was I saw me. that, I think I got your names, and then uh, I think I found you guys on Facebook shortly yeah. after, um, and then. Um, so some time went by and I saw you guys were kind of doing your own thing. And I just, I didn't feel like I could, one, I didn't feel like I could afford your work. Two, I didn't feel like I was your caliber of work. Fake news, bro. We're very affordable. Fake news. <laughs> yes. Third. Or, or we were. We were. We were. And, and then third, I thought you guys were already busy. Oh, I yeah. really thought that you guys would have, there's no way that one, I'd be able to fit in y'all's schedule that y'all would just have. Too many people coming at you guys. I mean, I did I have wish. to wash my hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think I was working at the shop that real a lot at that time. Like then, uh, I was probably busy working and then, so, at the uh, shop. We, we fast forward a little bit, and um, a few months later, I have my first book out. It's called To the Line, and it's oh, an yeah. inline speed skating manga. So for my background, like a 20-second background, I'm an inline speed skater. There's no kind of uh, media for for that sport. Yeah. So I decided to make a comic book, and I just look. I was lucky enough to. And there should uh, be media for that because I've seen the cheeks. 
Boy, cheeks, man, hold up. Man, y'all can make a whole calendar, bro. Give me, yeah. that, give me that anime, bro. For real, give for me real. Netflix, give it to me. Sorry, Joseph. <laughs> no, man, uh, I, I got backers from all over the world yeah. on Kickstarter, and uh, that book is on six different continents, mm-hmm. and I kind of use that. And to it's good, dude. Bit. It's good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I remember Joey telling me about it, and I was like, this the dude that wants to like do comics with us. He's yeah. doing a skating anime. Yeah, yeah. Skating. I didn't like. He yeah, he yeah. really puffed up his resume to us. <laughs> I'm like this. I'm like okay, and I read it, and it's so good. I liked it. Like it, it, what was tight about it was that it it made me different than a lot of the folks that were coming at y'all. Yeah, and I didn't realize that until after the fact. Well, but, also too is because man, we had. People, we used to hang up there a lot and do drink and draws and just go hang out. And we would get people all the time. I got this idea. Like, I got this original character. I've got this story. I've got this, you know, I haven't written it down, though. You know, I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do with yeah, it? How like, am what I, do you want how us am to I do? supposed to help you? All the this? work? No, I'd rather be doing my own stuff. Joey came with like stick figures, <laughs> uh, like four different like he wrote, he, writing journals. He like, actually had like a small Bible. Of uh, his story Yeah In his hand And you could tell this dude Like it was close to him Because he carried it Everywhere I mean we'd go to a bar And this dude would just Pull out stuff He'd have it with him He'd have his uh, Pencil, pen, whatever it was I'm like bro We trying to get lit Like it's cool And like uh, Nah it's cool man Just in case I think of something Yeah Just in case something pops up And just scribble it down Like "Mm." Asking Yeah Yeah, I'm pretty sure At one point I was like Man if something pops in my head I just save it for tomorrow And that never happens That's actually a good idea, Joey. Yeah, you should keep your yeah, yeah keep, keep doing your that. journal with us. <laughs> Shout out to brain yeah. damage. Yeah. So that's so that's what uh, kind of made us like. Well, at least let's just let this dude see what's approachable. Yeah, I I was like, let's let's hear him out. What does he have? What is he selling us? What snake oil is this? We're missing a key component. There was a pitch that I sent in. It was to an Antarctic Press. Oh, they yeah. put a submission out for public domain superheroes. That's right. And That's actually, right. the anniversary little thing popped up on my Facebook about maybe two or three weeks yes. ago. So they were wanting, close. they were wanting uh, exciting cause, comics because they were doing like pulp heroes, yep. right? They were uh-huh. trying to relaunch pulp heroes. Uh huh. And so I had put out on my Facebook, and I had put before I reach out to uh, a Facebook group. Are there any local artists? And I knew who I was fucking talking to. I was talking directly to y'all. He was subliminally. If there's uh, anybody us, I've yeah. seen, does there, anybody know anybody? Very I don't know. diverse. Yeah. We want to keep it diverse. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic. Yeah. I don't know of any other two. Well, <laughs> here's what's funny about it is because when I said that, I had already hired one guy. I already paid him. I paid him his fee to to do some character art for me for a character uh, that would end up becoming Black Toro. Yeah. Um and. Uh, Danny hit me up because I, I think like, all right, cool. Um, I made the Facebook post and I said uh, I need a, a local artist to either work on a story called Bronze Man or a story called Black Bull. And then Danny's like, "What you got for Black Bull? Yeah. I'll give it a shot. You, you want four pages, three pages? Let's see." All right, and I text them back like, "Oh yeah, Black Bull's taken. Sorry, let's do Bronze Man." It's like, all right, fine. You don't want me to do Black Bull? <laughs> all right, fine. I'll, I'll do your your shitty Bronze Man character. This terrible take on <laughs> Superman. What? Oh God. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to a man named Alvin Hollingsworth. Yes. A.C. Hollingsworth. Um, I was looking up uh, public domain superheroes, and I found Bronze Man. Bronze Man is an original creation created in the 20s uh, by Alvin Hollingsworth. Alvin Hollingsworth. Alvin, sorry, shit. Alvin Hollingsworth is a black man, 
and he was one of the first prominent black creators in comic books. Yes. Put some I respect was actually, on that name. For real, for real. I was actually excited to do, like, please Man. forgive my previous outburst. I was actually excited to do Bronze Man. I wanted to do both, but I didn't know who I had time for. So I did put in initially for Black Bull, which later became Black Toro. Yeah. Um, but when I got the Bronze Man, I was like, yeah, you know. This is like a Superman character. What kid doesn't want to draw Superman? As lame as some people make him out to be in their own minds, that is the pinnacle when you draw Superman. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, whichever one you want, I'll draw that. Yeah. So and then I I did the the research for him and he only appeared in two issues, two, two things. Yeah. And the entirety of his pages were six. There's six bronze man pages. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it was a two page story, then a four page. And then so uh, we had a lot of freedom to to figure out a story for this guy. And I went crazy on the backstory because when Danny said yes, I was like, all right, cool. Let's go, Joseph. Here we go. You got to knock it out of the park. And um, I ended up taking a lot of inspiration from uh, mythology. Uh, and I just started drawing from a lot of things that I enjoyed as a kid. Dude, that's when I felt like you hit your stride because... And that's like, I know you're hard on yourself a lot, but I can see where you're going because you don't, do you remember the first thing we wanted to try to do was like some kind of like firefighter dragon story. Yeah. And I liked that idea, but also I was very like, oh, Joey hit you with the firefighter, firefighter dragon. Yeah, fire slayer. Yeah. He, fire he slayer. hit me with the uh, time traveling detective. Oh, <laughs> so we got, we got, Reina, we got, we got reign of fire and Dr. Who here. Yes. Right. Yes. So I'm thinking, man. This could be cool, but we're going to have to, like, really kind of direct him where to go. And then when he started really pushing out the plus stuff, I was like, oh, this, he just needs time. That was the thing. It wasn't even plus yet. Yeah, it wasn't even plus. Yeah, it wasn't even. He just started thinking up, and I said, this dude's going to put everything together. He's going to get it. It's going to click with him. So I don't have to worry about, hey, man, let's try to do, I just just give him his space and let him run, dude. Let him. Let him stride in his skates. Man, well, it was tight because you know, whenever the pitch came along, you know, we ended up having Bronze Man, and then we ended up having Black Toro. It was Black Bull at the time. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, oh, and those 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 that y'all sent to an Arctic Press, those were yeah. amazing. We sent them an eight page pitch to Antarctic Press they're for beautiful. exciting comics. You can see them, I think, on our website, but they're they're legit. And we sent it in before the number one. Yep. Before the number one, just want to send that out there. Yeah, uh, so they had their shot. Anyway, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm salty. Y'all guys should have got picked up with that little I, contest or whatever the fuck but it was. I, like. I am so thankful that we didn't yeah. because if we did, it would probably have stopped there. Yeah, and it would never have become yeah. what this Very is true. right now. And Very so true. what this is now is after we got rejected, we stopped. We sat, and I think we kind of stopped. For I think a while. we regrouped. We regrouped. We were. I think we were all kind of like, "Ugh, this sucks." Yeah, but we regrouped, Joey. Joey didn't stop. Like, he may have stopped uh, externally, like in public or whatever, but I think his mind kept going because he, he came up with a couple of other characters besides Black Bull, Black Toro, mm-hmm. and uh, Bronze Man. He came yeah. up with, like, Lady of Valiant. Yeah. And Zap. Sword Woman and, and uh, Lawbringer. That was her yeah. name yeah. before, right? Oh, the Lawbringers. The Lawbringers. That was Lawbringers. Sword Guardian. The Lawbringers, I feel, is straight from, like, Joey. It's just Joey. Yeah. Every time I look at those pages, I'm just like, whatever you want to do, man, this is you. Like, 
and I'm about it because part of it is me. There's some stuff that I'm like, oh, I can't relate, but the fact that it just screams Joey's love for comics, his yeah. whole like, yeah. uh, the, what he loves when anime, all that, even though I don't understand it, I'm about it. So that's what's got me excited about it. And I'm just like, let's roll with it, bro. But he kept like, he kept going. Yeah. And yeah. he kept pitching like individual books to us. God, and we're damn yeah, right, dang. And I, I sat him down. I was like, look. If you could start Marvel, DC, or Image Comics right now, yeah, would you start it with a bunch of disparate books, or would you start it with one universal book that launches a bunch of disparate books? <laughs> and this is where that shifted, guys, of we decided to make, stuff for ourselves yeah we yeah. talk about it in other podcasts but we never really dove into it this is the pivotal point where we thought how would we want to read it not yeah what's going to sell what's yeah. going to get us variants what's going to get eyes on us so we Everything were saying else was a right pitch. right exactly yeah. exactly and that's when joey like joey and i and armando we yeah. just like the plus universe yeah. we'll create a plus universe all these characters exist within this one universe and we'll start with you know we'll our first book, what what is our first book going to be? The history of mm. how this universe came to be, where these powers, where these abilities, where these heroes originated from, how, you know? And, man, that's that's our first book. Mm -hmm. That's our first book. Joey sat down, wrote it out, and we read through it, and we're like, yes, all of this, yes. Matter of fact, more. Yeah. Do more. Same. And then it doubled up at least three or four more times. Um, what are what were some obstacles? Because this all sounds really like if the way that we're explaining people, it sounds like we just all had this revelation. Like, oh, let's yeah. just do it. What are some of the obstacles from I think from jumping the, into the plus from when we were already like in touch with you and like? I think one of the obstacles was uh, getting Joey to getting him to see the the, the larger picture mm -hmm. because yeah, he had a bunch of characters. But he couldn't see that they could all exist together. Yeah. You know, and then selling because he, he pitched us, but then we had to pitch back. Yeah. Like, what if they were all in one universe? Mm -hmm. You know, what if what if this is our this is our DC universe? This is our Marvel universe. You know, how does this start? What's our big bang? Like we had to pitch that. I think that was one of the obstacles uh, in production, period. Uh, the other obstacle is just getting. Uh, consistent work yeah you know um another obstacle editing having to edit a lot of stuff um because joey writes joey it, he said his his background was theater and he writes like a it writes like a screenplay yeah he definitely writes like a screenplay so his action sequences are really compressed yes. into like live motion or an, mm -hmm. even animated motion yes and with comics like a panel when you break it down, a panel is like maybe one second in time. Yes. And Joey's writing stuff like 15 seconds to a minute worth of action. And we have to we have to tell him, like, you know, you need to expand this. You need to contract that. You let it to, breathe. Yeah. Let, 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 let the reader process yeah. this part and then experience this part. Not having to let's experience everything and then go back to. I think some, yeah, I think yeah. some of the pages had to be expanded. Right. So like he would write 
I, and I know you've done, you've had to deal with this. Yeah, Rondo. yeah. Like he'll write action sequence for a page, mm-hmm. and man, it's really like three pages worth of action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, those are, but it's but it's that's hurdles. not. But that's not. That's not to say that his writing is flawed. No, that's exactly. his style of writing. Yeah, that's that's what makes Joey's writing good, and that's how we have to. That's the whole point of working as a team and being a part of this is saying, okay, man. I see what you're writing here, but I'm going to have to do it this way. Is that cool? Yeah. And Joey's going to have to say back and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or well, what about this? I think as long as we can make it fit yes. within our right. page allotment, it's going to be fine. Right. Because we've got upcoming stories where I think uh, the Lawbringer and the Lady of Valiant. I think Lady of Valiant, because I've read through scripts one through five. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those I've expanded like maybe issue one into issue two and then yeah. contracted issue three so that issue four flows backwards. So it's yeah. like the beginning of issue four is actually the, the end, end of issue of three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's yeah. again, it's not anything against Joey. It's just the way he writes. Uh, he writes more for motion style mm-hmm. as opposed to comics, but he's learning. He's gotten so much better. Like, I don't think there's so a fucking good at it. I don't man. think there's a missed beat in Lawbringer. No, there's not. Yeah. There's not when we when we sat down for that edit, there it was only just like a couple of changes. It had yeah. nothing to do with the story or how. Yeah, it, it was only it was only a couple of edits. Yeah, and then mainly just additions yeah. for the rest of the book. Yeah. yeah, there was no edit to like how the story flowed or right. like. No, it was all great, man. Like, yeah, I'm excited for it. I've been doing my homework, man. I because uh, I, I sat down, like you know, Jim Lee, you know, uh, Todd McFarlane, those guys, you know, they branched off and started Image. You know, granted, we're not coming from a point where we were already creating things. You know, we're coming from a point where we're on our own. Yeah. But, but well, we are kind of coming from a point where we're feeling creatively suppressed. Yeah. You know, we were submitting to things that we didn't necessarily maybe not want to be a part of, but we could have. And it wasn't happening for us. Right. So we had to break free out of that creative mode. And that was what they did with Image. They were like, we love these characters, but. We can't draw them the way we want. We can't be creative. That's why we're artists. We so well, they weren't. They were. They were also weren't being compensated yeah, for a yeah, lot of the stuff they were creating. Yeah. yeah. So they went to a place where they could be yes. compensated for their ideas, their original yeah. content. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, it was just it was a lot of work, a lot of work to get ready for it. And then uh, one of the main uh, things that kind of really hurt on the time was uh, our colorist fiasco. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, fast forward a little bit, we we ran through what, three three colors. Three, we finally yeah. landed on one. And Werner, our current colorist, he's doing a book with uh, Carlo Barberi and Walden Wong. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. That's the homie. Yeah. Walden's an amazing inker. You guys should check him out. He did a lot of work on the Astonishing X-Men. I'm salty towards Carlo Barberi because Wizard had a comic book uh, contest where you submitted... You submitted, and this was years ago. Yeah. I don't know Carlo Barberi. He has no clue who I am. He's <laughs> like, who's this guy? This is who's this lame? You know. He but really- I'm salty towards Carlo Barberi because it was supposed to be for amateurs. Oh, and it yeah. was like uh, create your own team of X Men. And at the time, Bullseye was a mutant, so I had like in I had involved uh, included Bullseye and Storm, and, nice. and they were set during World War Two. I wish I still had that piece of artwork, but I submitted it and 
Carlo Barberi won the whole thing. Like, this is supposed to be for amateurs. But you know what, dude? No, fuck that shit. Because the same thing happened with this new Marvel uh, Stormbreaker initiative. Patrick Gleason. That motherfucker's been in the industry for, like, what? 20 years. 20 years. And he's, like, the new Marvel Stormbreaker. And that's great. I love his work. Like, but, bro. What? You're a new artist. You're going to tell me you sit here and tell me you're a new artist in the game? Like. I love I love how, how salty Bondo is right now, bro. I'm so yeah, it's salty. True. Like, like this dude has been drawing uh, over 20 years for yeah. DC Comics. Maybe not 20 years, like 10, 15 years for DC Comics. And now all of a sudden he moves over to Marvel, and they pronounce him as one of the new up and coming talents in Marvel. You know, in the comic book industry. Like, mm, go back and read some Batman and Robin. Meanwhile, let me do these zoo books covers for Kickstarters. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying that I'm I might not be on that level as him, but it's like, bro, if you're gonna search for new talent, search for new talent. Because there are guys that talent, are on our yeah. level too that are just struggling just as much as we are. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I get that saltiness. No, I mean it was it was one that, of the things that yeah. at finding the colorist was uh was a, definitely a challenge. We finally got him. Uh shout out to Werner. And uh What what Okay, my perspective, I used to be kind of like, yeah, everybody's going through their own journey, but my sp- perspective as a creator doing our own book, completely being pro, you know, like we're not getting anything from it. You know, this is for our enjoyment. We want to put something out. And people just being like, oh, I can't do this because like personal reasons or I'm like, man, I'm taking up work because I can get it. Like trying to pay bills. I'm trying to get out there trying to make a name if it's if it's not too far off my you know radar of my morals then yeah i'll do it but some people are just like what do you feel about that how do you feel as a creator bro are we the wu-tang clan oh man because they did it on their own they did you know they went to their they went to all their local sources and got funded locally in the neighborhood and brought a bunch of like a bunch of artists that they knew each other and said look Let's do this, you know. Let's do yeah. this together. We can't. We can't do it singularly. Dang. We have to. We have to come together to build this. I will say this: if if I was if we rewind back four years ago and I was looking up advice, the advice I'd find is you know uh, get into a group and uh, you know submit to this, submit to that, submit, 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 submit. But if I'd ask myself now, make it. Just yeah. make the book. Find a way to make the book. Yeah, because we have it now. Yeah, you know the proofs are on their way. Damn, bro, it's crazy. I it's, know it's, so it's going to be really weird seeing it. And uh, this is this is only the beginning. Danny, how are you going to yeah. feel it processed from from the point of penciling, like literally layouts to ca- well, let's go even further back to character design, because you guys, Danny. All the character designs on our Instagram website, that's all Danny, man. This dude's just a beast. We we Now, we contribute, like, hey, what if he had this or what if this? But Danny's just like, as soon as he gets it in his head, it's on paper. So from that process to when you get it in your hands, Danny, and you see it fully formed, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Is it going to be like a brand new child? It almost feels like that. You know, like... I I see the description, I read through the history or whatever, and I just kind of piece things together, putting the, like, just putting everything together into one character, the characteristics. Because you see, you see things that um, character designers come up with, 
like I'm Avengers Infinity War. Uh, was it uh the Black Obsidian or whatever? The big beast that's with the Ebony Maw. Oh, when they land on Earth, yeah, like the little flares and touches. If you notice, he's got the that big battle axe, but what's wrapped around his waist? A Cree battle scarf. So he's defeated someone of Cree heritage, yeah. you know, and he wears that as a symbol, you know. Yeah. And, and so you you want to take things like that into consideration when you're developing characters. Um, I think for the most part, Joey had. Uh, he'd really fleshed out because it's his favorite character, Black Toro. Ooh, that dude is that dude is pro primo, ready to go, hot off the plate, bro. Joey has reworked that character so many times. Like that was that was pretty much the easiest character I had to design because yeah. Joey already had an idea. Yeah, and so I just ran with it. But like Lady of Valiant, yeah, and Bronze Man, and Zap, uh, Thunder Stallion, and Cloud. You know all these other characters that we were developing. I really had to like dig into my own history and look, you know, you know, do do some research on my own yeah. as to what their what their backgrounds were, what their representations were, and how to properly pl- put that on paper, you know. Um, so they are like my my kids. They're going out into the world. That's crazy. I'm super. <laughs> super scared with this book like dude we were in the chat and i was i you know i'm i'm a little distant from this book just not because i'm not involved but just because these guys you know danny's the artist the illustrator writer this is our launch point i'm more of kind of like a support like yeah this is cool yeah this is good maybe this maybe that but we're in the chat and everything's finished and these guys are just like what else do we need to do (laughs) and i'm just thinking i don't know fucking Print it, like, yeah, you know. And Danny is like, "Okay, what about this?" And yeah, Joey's so like, "What about?" And it's because they love it so much. They're like, "This has to be." It has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. I I get yeah. where Kanye's coming from now. Yeah, with Donda, I this totally guy, get it. Like, bro. I, I you know I had wow. features in this book, but I ain't gonna name them because it's my Dang. book. <laughs> but no, that is true though. That is true. And I'm just thinking in the chat. I'm like, bro, what? But you know these guys, they're in it. They have that connection, and they, and they, when they finally hits in, I could just feel it, like through the phone, like they're they're about it, bro. Like they're the excited. World started to yeah, shake afterwards. Yeah. it was. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I can't wait for you, you guys, to see it. Oh, dude, I'm excited. We've all looked at it. We've all seen the process. We're so excited. We've already had some people shout out on Twitter. Uh, the, Danny, I, I think the best the best shout out was the other night. My wife downloaded the book. Oh yeah, read through it, and immediately put it down and said, "Oh my god, um, I love it. I want more. I'm so proud of you." Oh my gosh, that's I started so crying. Awesome, I like bro. turned yeah. over. It was that. It was that. Me and trying not to cry. Cry a whole lot. Like, <laughs> dang, that's crazy. Oh man, I uh. I, I cried. I go good lie. man. Cry. I'm tearing I was up wild, right now. Man, this is uh, wild, dude. And. uh it was it was a cry because I I I I, I did something I yes. set it out yeah and we did it yes and yes I know I can do it again it's a party yes. dude it's your legacy that's your legacy yeah. that's what we created these books we wanted a legacy we wanted a le- we wanted a legacy whether it whether it gives us billions of dollars uh-huh. or or not this is our legacy it's it ours. exists it's in the world yes and whoever touches it it will always come back to us. Uh-huh.
That's wild. Cause I mean, even just think like wrapping around, you know, AC Hollingsworth not making bronze man 20, 20, or sorry, 19. And it's, a, and it's, and that's, that's what's crazy about it too. It's a homage to him. It's a respect yeah. to him. Like, dude, we valued you so much. We respect we, you as a creator that we wanted to continue. This we wanted f- to use your character and launch our universe with it. We weren't so. satisfied with being what's popular or what's, you know, cool. Yeah. Or what, like we wanted, we respected what you were trying to do yeah. and we ran with it. All right. Hell yeah. So now that it's, we've got the digital copies out, we've emailed them out to all the backers. We're getting the physical copies in along with all the rewards, the sketch covers, all that. And then hopefully can mail that out. And we'll be, we'll be posting that stuff on our Instagram and stuff, pictures and our Instagram or Facebook, yeah. whatever. So, so we're excited. Be on the lookout for that guys. Yeah. yeah. Any shout outs? Any shout outs? This, this was a great this episode. This was a guys. wonderful yeah. episode. Uh, I uh, first off shout out to our our, our spouses. Yes, definitely. Just for putting up with this crazy yeah, shit. Man. You want to do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, hey, uh, hey, we're supposed to go to lunch with my parents. Yeah, but I got to go talk to Joey and Danny about plus <laughs> universe. I stuff. cannot like, tell you how bad it was the first time I had oh. to tell her family what I wanted to do. Oh my gosh! And what's bad is because I had to tell it to Jess, who yeah. had to tell it to them in Spanish, and I'm sitting there just. Yeah. Hi. Yes, mm. I want to do the picture books. Yep, that's me. No más trabajo. No. But anyway, uh, shout out to the family, man, and shout out to my mom and dad for, uh, for, for, man, just pushing me. Just because it yeah. could, it could be so easy just to to tell your son, hey, you need to do something real. Yeah. You know, and the the fact that they saw this is something real too. Yeah. Uh, man, just I have the best support system in the world. Yeah. So shout out to all of them. Cool. Mondo. Shout out to spouses, kiddos. They're excited about the book. That's awesome. Like, yeah, dude, Nick, like, he didn't realize, like, the, the severity of it. He just thought, like, I just did, like, I don't know what he thought I did. <laughs> like, he did, like, a knockoff Garfield comic Yeah, like, like, I just filled in one panel. This, this, this doesn't appear in any newspaper in yeah. America, but here you go. You can read it. But but he was, like, really, we were talking about it at breakfast with my parents and everything. And he was like, what? And I showed him. I was like, you know, Danny, he did this. And he's like, Danny did this? Yeah, dude, like, there's a whole book. This story. And, dude, he I showed him some of the pages that we had. He was like, who's this character? Who's Like, he was about it. And That's Nick, awesome. my daughter, she loves comics. She loves comics, art. Nick, he's kind of like hit or miss, right? Like he like he'll find something to latch onto, but then he gives it. He was like, "When's it? When is? Where is it?" Like he started reading books in my, like in my collection. Like, is this character like y'all's character? Like he was trying to. Yeah. So trying he's to excited. Excite, yeah. So excited. So think and and shout out to everybody who supported us. Yeah. Everybody who backed. Everybody who tuned into our live streams, our little interviews, comic cast. Shout out for them guys on YouTube for giving us a voice to promote it when we very first started during COVID. Oh yeah, definitely. All the people who wanted to interview us. Um, and we just hope to, to be more involved, go to cons. We want you guys to stop by. We're just really excited. Yeah. Shout out to Mike as always for letting us come and talk. Always, always, always shout out to Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Danny? Uh, shout out to my wife. Um, she's, she's super proud of me. I don't know that she's ever said those words to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. It's almost like my dad saying it. Like, I'm proud of you, son. Like, oh. yeah. I mean, that Chris, will never, that will never come. Christmas, <gasps> Christmas is coming up. So yeah. it could be, you know. Yeah. No. No, um, she's, I feel like our wife, she's really proud, dude. Yeah. Oh, shout out to you guys. One more shout out. You and Christina have been killing Inktober. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like y'all motherfuckers just like drawing all like <laughs> what? It, it's crazy, bro. That operation one was funny. That, that operation yeah, one was, yeah, was funny. She man, so she really thinks she doesn't want my input on anything. Dang. Really? That's weird. Seriously, that's surprising. Yeah, not, like, not, yeah. Not her no. down. yeah, yeah. I thought no. you were there with her. No, no. she'll draw it and then surprise no. me with it, and I'll be like, "Holy what? shit!" Damn. And, then, and then I just come up with the captions afterwards. That's awesome. Like dude. none of it, none of it is pre-planned or anything. That's awesome. So, That's like, she's she's doing, man. She's doing amazing stuff. So, you've been keeping up too, man. Your Inktober's are bomb. Yeah, I uh, slipped on my bat tobers. So, but you're still doing them though. I'm still doing them. Trying to get two knocked out today. I, so. I stopped out of like day two. Uh, yeah, I, noticed <laughs> I don't even that. know what's going on. <laughs> like, I'm so. over it. <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, all right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Make sure to follow us on all our social platforms plus WacoComics.com. The LongboxPodcast.com or Longbox Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's right. Yep. Uh, Armando Ramirez underscore art. Joey GNZ at, sorry, Joey GNZLS at Instagram. And Imaginary Heroics and Danny Flores. And make sure to follow Rogue Media for other podcasts that we mentioned in this episode or just to find something you're interested in. Yeah. They got a lot of good stuff, man. Side note, one more shout out. There is a new podcast from Rogue Media called Boo Bays. Um, Oh, yeah. I checked it out. It's pretty fun. What is it? Boo Bays. It's it's, it's a it's co-hosted by two people, uh, Josh Villalobos and this uh, is oh my goodness, yeah. I might be saying her name wrong. I'm so sorry, uh, but it's a movie review and they do horror movies. Yeah, and it was really funny and it's really tight. Yeah, they really they followed our they followed our podcast and our page and stuff. So awesome! But uh, I'm gonna go check that out. Yeah, it's actually sure. really good. I was like, oh, another like spooky thing, but like it's legit. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fun. They so. did uh, they did one episode on the Ringu and the Ring. Yeah, so it's really tight. Nice, nice. But yeah, man. Uh, thank you all for listening and we'll catch y'all next time Shout Peace. Out. Peace This has been a Rogue Media Podcast